Here we go. Welcome to another edition of This Is Mappa on the Shoot Defense Network. I just spray the whole heap of. Yeah, anyway, I'm still. I've got Roy and also Kiri from Cyprus Mail. Gobelia, how are we doing? It's been a while. International break has killed us, hasn't it? Kiri, you had a lovely international break, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, uh, well, first of all, hi, everyone. And uh, hi, yeah, hi. I, I had a good international break because I wasn't watching the senior team. <laughs> lose away to torture. <laughs> um, no, I was I was lucky enough to to attend the U twenty one game in Larnaca at the Aigarina, uh, uh, which was actually fairly uh, decently attended. I, I think there was like maybe five hundred or a thousand people watching the kids. Um, it so was more than a home game for Aik then. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but. Um, <laughs> Um, no, it was a free attendance as well. So it was it was a, a you know a good initiative to get people to watch the the U21 side. Uh, okay, weak opposition in in Liechtenstein. No offense to to Liechtenstein, but I mean that's the that's the reality. But um, no, I found a few things interesting about the kids. Uh, firstly, is Okas who played really you know really good football, and also he switched formation three times during the game, uh, very proactive uh, uh, manager. Uh, back three with um, Gerkes, uh, obviously Ailes, uh, Gerkes, the son of the manager as well, and in central defense, flanked by uh, a non-traditional centre-back in Hector Kiprianu from Leighton Orient, who actually had a really interesting game. At some point he was played at right, right wing back by Ocas, not uh, to fulfill traditional right wing back duties, but mostly to occupy the space uh, vacated by whoever was playing right wing at the time they, they were tucking in. So Gibrano was kind of like keeping the width going. Um, then he was shifted at number six, uh, where he usually plays for, for Leighton. Um, no, it, it was an interesting game. They scored a really interesting uh, free kick. Uh, with a little trick set piece uh, played short and then uh, shot from just outside the box. Um, with uh, I won't tell you where I've, I've learned this, but uh, apparently Okas uh, showed them um, a video from a few years ago from I think a League One game in England where this uh, freak set piece was taken as a, as a, an example of what to do, which I found quite interesting and it, it uh, does speak well of Okas that he's researching and you know showing players um, things like this so um yeah the, the the kids played really well brilliant fantastic that's that's good to hear man i know Gagel got on the score sheet he scored twice didn't he the Omonia striker so we're we're pretty pleased about that as well many others and Gibrianu is has he has he left late in Orin or is he still there no he, he's still there uh, along with uh real uh Sotiril. Sotiril, yeah because yeah. he was he left spurs didn't he or spurs released him i'm not entirely other sure how that other was, way around yeah but um, has he gone to Oxford City? Someone's gone to Oxford City. One of our one of our players. I can't um, remember. Maybe can't remember. maybe Rule was on loan before. I can't remember. But at yeah. the moment, they're both at Leighton. Oh, they're both at Leighton. Okay, wonderful, excellent, excellent. There you go. Some uh, something to look forward to then, because the the national team is at a pony, to be honest. But let's not go into them because um, I could go on all day about the head coach and his very archaic and. Um, Shit's tactics, pardon my language. But anyway, right, let's talk about the Brodathlima then. And Kiri, your team, two wins from two games. Abolon beating Aris 1-0. It was cast as an away game, but it was at the Tsirio, wasn't it? Um, but with 10 men, 
Um, I watched most of that game, in all fairness. And up until you guys took the lead, it was a bit of a cagey game. Uh, obviously, uh, Girago got sent off. But the second half, it was all Aris. You guys were trying to hit them on the counter. So, but it's almost as if it was all huff and puff with them. They didn't really cause you many problems. I don't remember the Midruma having many saves to make. And to be honest, it became quite predictable. The balls played through the middle and it was just it was just mopped up every time. So first of all, happy with the result. And secondly, what where do you guys go from this? Because obviously Mavrias has come back into the fold now. He, he came off the bench um, and it's, it's looking pretty good so far for you guys. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll just say it's one of those things where uh, you know, at the moment, Abolon, like it's just, it's only about put, putting, you know, points on the on the board. Basically, um, we haven't really played super well this season so far. Um, so it was it was vital to get the win by basically by any means necessary, which this was a case of of that. Um, you know, especially after the red the red card. I'll just say that the red card was hundred percent correct. Hambos um, Kiragu. Uh, misjudged the 50 50 he, he thought he would he would get there I, I, i'm not sure what went through his mind but it was 100 percent a red card i saw some fans some of all fans were kind of like angry at the ref uh they i mean they, they conceded that it was a red card but they were saying that he was uh inconsistent with his uh strictness i, I don't know about that i thought he, i thought it, it was a straight red um and there was a similar red elsewhere during this round but we'll get to that later maybe um it was surprising because actually after the red card, we had some combination, especially building from the back that we didn't even see in the game against Aachena where we, you know, we scored four. We didn't have a player sent off. So there's bits and pieces of, of the team kind of like gelling very, very slowly, um, especially with uh, certain players coming into the fold, like you said. It was good to see Mavrias coming on. So there's more options, especially on the right wing. Um yeah, I mean, Aris, like you said, they were threatening to do something, but when they got to the final third, it didn't really click for them. Um, they had uh, two huge chances, but neither of them was the result of organized play. 46-minute, um, uh, Mariusz Stepinski, uh, long-range shot, hit the, hit the bar. Um, and then 93rd minute, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Roncaglia, uh, left foot shot, uh, hit the post, uh, definitely <laughs> stressed everyone watching, every Abolon fan watching at the time. But yeah, like you said, they, they didn't really apply too much pressure on Abolon. It was, uh, if something would come, it would be from a, like a cross or something chaotic, like you said. And I think Sikorsky was their main threat up front, wasn't he, if I'm not mistaken? But again, balls straight down the middle, mopped up, no problem. It, was, it became very predictable. But look, if you look at Addis, they've brought in a lot of players uh, this summer, as most Cypriot clubs done, but they've really gone aggressive with their um, transfer policy. They brought in Danny Pacheco, Pacheco's mm -hmm. apologies, who was at Liverpool at one time. And he came on as a sub and then he was substituted. So I think that's the biggest slap in the face that any player could could get. I've spoken to um, my friend Rodri Giggs about this and uh, the other day, funny enough, and it, that, I think that's one of the biggest, you know, it's, it's like being spat in the face if you're a footballer to be sub, come on as a sub and then be substituted. So I don't know whether that was tactical or whether he just wasn't um, physically up for it because he, he joined quite recently, didn't he, in all fairness? Yeah, I mean, it's difficult to say, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was a, a fitness-related thing. 
um, uh, he is, he, he's not had the most healthy career in, in general. Um, and yeah, like you said, he, he joined recently, maybe the, maybe the player or the coach or both of them overestimated how much he could, you know, offer uh, during the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, to be fair to Aris as well, like our goal um, had to have um, two, I wouldn't call them mistakes, but, you know, bad defending by two players in the same play. So when Ilyev did the diagonal out wide to Kamas, there was a misinterception by the Addis right back. And then uh, uh, Rangelo Yanga had to beat uh, Schindefeld in the air. And, you know, Schindefeld didn't really cover himself in glory for that aerial challenge. Uh, granted, he's 36, 37 years old. So, you know, there's that element as well. So um, it was a good goal. But like I said, Addis had to, you know, have two players underperform in the same passage of play. So... I think they'll get better as well with uh, with time, Harris. Mm. Well, another side from Limassol got a, an emphatic victory at the weekend, and that was Ayel, who destroyed Buffalo 4-0. Buffalo won their opening game 4-0, so their goal difference is zero. Um, but Stefan Shepovic uh, stole the headlines with two fantastic goals. One volley, uh, it was more like a bicycle kick. This is a kick volley, wasn't it? But the second goal for me, his second goal was... Absolute sublime. I don't know if you if you've seen it, Kiri, but the way that he brought the ball down um, and then finished in in literally the space of a split second, absolutely phenomenal. And you know, Yelair scored. Um, Mazurek is that his name? Is that how you pronounce it? Mazurek. I think. I mean, uh, your guess is as, is as good as mine. But Mazurek so. scored yeah. a, a lovely header. So yeah, it's, a, it's emphatic victory for Al. But to be honest. I, there was one moment where the game was 1-0 where Buffalo had a goal disallowed for handball. And this is where the handball rule becomes a little bit, a bit of a grey area because the ball kind of rolled up onto his arm. It's not as if he moved his arm out to control it. It just hit his arm. He knew nothing about it. The finish was great. But then it's forever and a day for them to decide that it was a handball. But that, for me, was the turning point of the game. What did you make of it? I, for me, it was not a handball for, mm. for two reasons. One, like you said, it, it rolled upwards from a from a first touch. And second, it presumably hit, I don't know, like a hair of the left arm, which was not even under his control because it was grabbed by the defender. Exactly, he was holding on to him, yeah. He was holding on to him. So it, I, I mean, I, I'm not saying this because uh, I love... <laughs> Uh, and I do think that, uh, in all honesty, they would still win, you know, even if it went 1-1 early in the game. But I, I, it was a, I think it was a poor decision by the ref to to um, disallow the goal. Mm. Roy, I have brought in quite a few players this summer, but they've been very smart as far as I'm concerned. The, the, you know, Maya, they've used the money from his departure to bring in some some quality players. Tito Riero is obviously a stand-up player. Bruno Santos, Stefan Shepovic, as I mentioned, um, scoring a brace. We know they got knocked out of the European qualifiers a few weeks ago. And, uh, you know, you and I were singing Kerkes' praises last season. Do you think they can mount a serious challenge this season? Because last year, they fell a bit short near the end. And that was probably because of their lack of goal-scoring prowess. But now in, in Shepard, Volume 2, I'm not going to call him... Uh, sorry, Version 2. I'm not going to call him the Shepovic because Armani have got him. You know, but Stefan is... Uh, he looks like a right right snip at how much they spent on him. 
Yeah, he's actually the hot chipper at the moment. He's the hot yeah. chipper, yeah. <laughs> Become the hot chipper. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, as a as a more general uh, thing, I notice is that uh, obviously the twelve teams makes the the league a lot more competitive every other week. Top six are going to play be playing against each other, as we saw. Uh, they're not going to be any easy games. Uh, Ael uh, reminds me a bit of Omonia in the sense that they kept the, the manager, they kept the core of players. Yes, they lost Danilo and uh, Mae, but uh, they seem to work a little bit in the background without them being um, uh, really... Uh, no one. I'm not going to say no one paid attention to them, but they lost nine players, which is a lot, but they brought in some good players. I, I'm, we forgot to mention Pelé, who I, I hear the best about him. That guy Pelé, who apparently came in to substitute uh, Danilo. Mm. I good things about him. I, I think it's early, but, you know, if... Uh, you know, someone put a gun to my head and told me, you know, you have to choose the two or three teams that are going to be competing till the end. I would uh, definitely have IL uh, as one of the three teams. I might, I might be right, but I think that uh, Omonia, IL, and I don't know the third team. I, I'd like to say Anorthosis, but I don't know. Like, I was good as well. Apollon is uh, trying up well. You know, the like cockroaches. You know, we, they don't die. You know. <laughs> they can survive a nuclear uh, blast. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, uh, I say that like as a compliment that they're cockroach. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, you you never know. You never know how it's gonna be. But if if yeah, if I had to put my money on two or three teams, uh, definitely I'd I'll because they're a serious team. They give me the impression that even if they have bad spells or periods either in a game or for some time they're, they're going to find the character they built the character um they they obviously said uh what came out straight and said you know we want both titles whereas the last couple of years they were like playing a bit of a hide and seek you know we'll see we'll win every game and then we'll see and we'll take it step by step but now they like came out from the beginning said you know we want both titles and, and we're going for them but okay, uh, you need to have a lot of character. You need to have depth. Obviously, they're out of the European um, games now, so they can concentrate in the league and the cup. So definitely, yeah, I, I is a is a team to watch, and that's uh, my respect. Kiri, one one last thing on IL. Um, last season, Jura Bollon, I believe, probably relied a little bit too much on Dingini. Um, in terms of getting them goals. While the goals were spread out over the season, Dinguini was that focal point. Do you think Ayala at risk at doing the same with Shepovic? Because we've seen how good he is. And for me, he's a huge upgrade on Maia, not because you know of the name, but because he's that typical striker that plays off the defender's shoulder. While Maia is probably more mobile and quicker off the ball, Shepovic has got that in-game intelligence. And we've seen from his finishing that Right foot, left foot, head up. He's got everything as a striker. Um, if it was any other team, I would say yes. But um, Ayel, like last season, I would um, Ayel and Omonia were the only two teams that I saw 
that they were deliberate with how they played, mm -hmm. that they tried to control games, and you saw how they wanted to to build up, how they wanted to transition in, in the in the um, in the attacking third, and how they wanted to create chances. Whereas Abolona uh, Norfosi, it was a bit chaotic, inconsistent, uh, kind of relied on on the brilliance of certain players, like you mentioned uh, the uni. But um, I don't know. I, I got a lot of goals from a lot of players last season, despite my being the obvious threat. But I think I don't know. I'm, I'm way, obviously he has had a great start to the season, Chebovic. But I'm I'm waiting to see if this is like a, an upgrade on the night, like you said. I on the pitch, I really rated my last season. I thought he was an amazing player, and they got, you know, they got the money that they probably deserve to get from if not less than they uh, could have gotten mm -hmm. in, a, in a different market not a post-covid market if, if, if you if you want um so I, I think it's not too dissimilar I, I don't think it's kind of like tipping the scales um, for Ayal in terms of like having one crutch for them um obviously they also lost Danilo but like uh, Roy said they've got uh, Pele for that so I, I don't know I, I think there's the the attacking structure in in the team that in the event where Chebovic can't play, uh, be from injury or suspension, I think they can find the goals from, from elsewhere. Absolutely. Right, on to the three other big clubs in Cyprus who were bantered off this weekend. Let's start with Aboel, the, the kings of Banta, should I say? Banta Boel, I should call them really, Aboel Um, They suffered a 1-0 defeat to Olympia Goz, who bounced back following their opening day defeat. And I'll tell you what, um, boys, this game was very similar to their opening game. And by that, I mean, it was almost a carbon copy, the way that they attacked uh, Abuel as, as a whole. Um, they looked more threatening from dead ball situations. Um, okay, Natal, who's rejoined the club, he had a decent game. Um, but, the, but the rest of them were just dark. Vili Dyer had a header that went uh, wide. Uh, who else? Um, Maglitsa came on for Ogriashvili, who apparently has COVID. I don't know how true that is. He had a massive temperature and then they took him off. He came back from international duty, was unwell. They played him and then they took him off. And now he's being, he's being tested for the Rona. Um, but let's, let's quickly talk about Olympia Gozkiri because, you know, as I said, they bounced back from the, the opening day loss. Another club that's lost some very, very good players. Um, but the winning goal um, from Sally, uh, Edgar Sally, he made a 50-yard run from the halfway line. No one picked him up. This was, like I said before about um, ball watching, this was the epitome of ball watching. Upwell, too busy looking at the ball. This guy made a 50-yard run, not one midfielder chasing him, not one winger chasing him. And he had the freedom of the Ghazibi to head it in. It was a great finish as well. Yeah, um, I mean, it's funny you, you use the term ball watching because uh, in my notes, I use that word both for Abuel and Anorthosis, which I guess we'll talk about later. But um, no, it was a really good goal. And uh, it was well, kind of like an aesthetically pleasing goal as well because it was the first pass, stretched, stretching play uh, to the left, and then there was the diagonal to the right and then back again um uh, to the opposite side for, for the header uh, sorry for the yeah for the finish um a really good goal and yeah like you said all it takes is a bit of off the ball movement and abuela the defense is nowhere to be found um, uh, um very focused on who's in possession not so much 
what movement is happening around them. So that's definitely uh, something that Avusti has to address uh, as much as he can, you know, in the next uh, few rounds. Uh, although I, I will say that if I was an Abuel fan, I mean, after this round, I would be slightly less worried than the first game and also slightly less worried than Ananorthosis fan, and I'll come back to, to it later as well. But um, the worrying thing, though, for Abuel is the quality of chances in the first half was vastly higher than in the second half. They lost uh, composure. They lost uh, proper decision-making. It was... It was very like long range shots or like on the edge of the box. Uh, like you said, Natel tried. Is that pressure happen. though, Kiri? Is that pressure finally getting to them now? It, it could be. Because it, it they've been be. hiding behind managers for the past couple of seasons and now they've got a brand new manager. It's his first game. It's not as if they, do you know what I mean? They, yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's either that. I mean, um, composure and decision making, are, I split them into two, uh, two things kind of. And you can... You know, on a different day, I'll give you a different ratio for how much either one plays a part. But it's you, you either have it, you know, composure as a, as a mental attribute, as a player. And then the second thing is fitness. So the, the more fit you are, the easier it is for you to make the proper decision on the pitch. So um, the more I think the more season the season progresses, I think all teams are going to become fitter. Um, so I think Abuel will improve at least a little bit on, on that regard. Um, so that's one thing. The other thing is I'll say uh, for Olympiagos, yeah, they've weathered, you know, Apoel's attacks, but at the same time, um, they can say that they should have had a penalty in the second half um, after Apoel started well in the, in the second half. Um, in the 73rd minute, there was a, I think for me, it was a clear penalty uh, when Sally from the right-hand side as uh, from Olympiagos' attacking side, um, he cut back to Kingsley Safo and he was clipped from behind. And I'm not sure why why the penalty wasn't given. Uh, and also, Abuel should have had a yellow card for a dive <laughs> uh, on Chabak. That's right. I, I think. Yeah. Um, but we, we're going to have Abuel fans on our cases now saying, you know, come no, on. No, no, you... no. <laughs> <laughs> no I mean, uh, Abuel, by all, by all accounts, could have um, equalized in the first half or taken the lead before the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, they had some good chances. Uh, like like you said, Natal was at the heart of things uh, for them throughout the game. But yeah, there was a drop-off in, in uh, the quality of chances in the second half. It's uh, something to think about for them. Mm. Well, before, well, in fact, after... What am I talking about? During the last show, we were talking about um, uh, Bursa and whether he was going to stay, whether he was going to go. We suggested that possibly, you know, Avusti was going to come in, which he did. Um, and it hasn't made any difference. I didn't see the uh, the an Avusti side there. Do you know what I mean? I didn't see an aggressive press. I didn't see building from the back. I didn't see confidence on the ball. Okay, Lucas Souza was was okay. I think he had an okay game in all fairness. But then again, that Olympia goes midfield. They're so physical. They're so quick. They're not going to give you time on the ball. And you know, Bet, you know, uh, <laughs> Petrakis Junior. I should just call him Junior. Is a chip off the old block, really. But what I want to ask you guys, um, and again, I don't, I don't want this to turn into an upwell post-mortem again, um, but how serious is the issue with the club now? Because if you saw it full-time, the, the images of, you know, Daosvili on his knees, you had uh, Vinicius walking off, um, you had Skufet just looking absolutely perplexed, Theodoro hands on his face, and then he was on the floor. 
these continuous losses must really take its soul on these players because if you look at the stands, absolutely empty. I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. And this isn't me being patronising. I could not believe how little fans were in that stadium. Um, yeah, I think this is where the, you know, the lack of stability comes into play as well. Because when you fire a manager every, I don't know, three months, four months, five months, that what I mean, what's the message sent there? That, that there's no room for errors. There's no room to grow. There's no room to learn. Obviously, Abuel usually switch managers faster than they switch players, but that's only because of the transfer window. <laughs> I think if there was a 12-month transfer window, uh, Bedridis probably would have been switching players every two months. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean, the the board has to if, if if they you know if they feel like these players and this manager, you know, have what it takes to improve, they should you know come to the front, shield the players. Tell the you know tell the people tell the fans, listen we're going to give the this squad you know a, a chance we're going to give them some patience, and you know please support us during the, during during this time because you can't you know fans in Cyprus as well but especially like Abuel fans, who you know who've been used to like a lot of success during the previous decade, we are in mid September, they they're probably already thinking two and a half months until the January transfer window opens. I'm 100% Surely certain. Surely not. Well, they're players or just everyone in general? No, no, no. I'm talking about fans here. All right. And they're probably thinking, who's this guy they brought in? Who's this guy here? Who's this guy here? So the, the board has to be proactive here and, and give the players some uh, as much peace of mind as they can. Uh, obviously, the fans have to be a bit more understanding as well. But, you know, it's only the second round uh, of the of the season, and I think we might have discussed this in the preview show as well. This is not the same league as it was four years ago, five years ago. The uh, quote unquote mid table teams are quite strong now. Oh yes, every team can can hurt you. So you know it'll take time. I, I think Isle are the Isle and okay and and Omonia, but Omonia are a, a more well funded side, shall we say, despite the depth. But Isle. You know, they, they gave Kirkis uh, some time. They brought in some plays on the cheap, but he has had that time to kind of like mold the side into how he wants to play. Same thing with Omonia. Um, Abolon did that for a little bit with Avusti. They did give him some time. Um, but yeah, I, I think I, there's not much to do for, for Abol except be patient and just hope that the manager uh, implements his ideas, you know? Mm-hmm. Roy, I was, yeah. Well, sorry, I just want to say uh, something about you know Abuel's playing against Apollon next next games with Apollon. Oh, and I, I don't I don't know who they're playing after the game with Apollon. Then they're playing against Anorthosis away. And the money they invested, uh, even Petridis admitted it uh, a few days ago that he said you know the financial is not easy, and we did. Uh, uh, you know, spend a lot more than what was expected, you know, because there's five teams rep- uh, representing, um, you know, five teams are going to be in Europe and two of them in the Champions League. So in their scenario that they don't win against Abolon, and I, like I said, I don't, I don't remember who they're playing after Abolon, but there is San Orthosis away. It seems to me that, you know, 
the, the season might end a lot earlier than what they're, they're going to have to sort of reschedule, re, reassess their, their targets, you know? So with the money they spent, another year away from European football is going to be disastrous for them. And, and that is going to be a lot of pressure for everyone. Mm. And Joe, you, know, you asked about their next fixtures. They've got Bayek before Anorthosi, which you'd think they'd win. But then after Anorthosi, they, they're at home to Ethnigos, which ain't going to be easy. Okay, Ethnigos haven't started the season well. But after they got Aris, they got Doxa, Ael, Aek, and then Omonia yeah. before Bafo. So it's it's not going to be easy. And as Kiri said, it's not the same league as what it used to do. In fact, we spoke about it yesterday or the day before. It It's a more competitive league. Teams do their homework. They, they're more advanced than what they used to be. You know, they've got sports science involved now. You've got all sorts of stuff, different training regimes. It's not like what it used to be back in the day and teams are not going to have it easy, you know? Um, and the, the, the final thing I want to ask you, Roy, um, because whoever, I wanted to ask you this earlier, um, same sort of thing with Kiri though. You speak to a lot of Upper World fans, you know, you've got a few, well, you've got a few who are, who are your mates and have been long-term Upper World fans. They're not like 15, 16 year olds on TikTok that abuse me for some videos that I do, right? But um, what are they saying about this regime and why are they not attending matches? I, like, as I said, I'm still stunned. You know, you look at the old Champions League games, they had thousands, the Ghazi B was, was packed. Now you're looking, I'm thinking... Where is everyone? It's like they've gone to the Beripter or something. They're seen outside playing Tavli as a Gafenio. The truth is that Abwell fans has always been... Um, I don't know if the, if the word uh, translates well in, in English, but they're the, the most spoilt. Uh, they don't have a, a lot of... Uh, loyal fans. Right. Okay. Like other teams, I mean, for for, for the so they're like Johnny Come Lately's Glory Hunters, so, sort of. I mean, okay, they, they, I'm not going to say they, they have two two and a half thousand people that are going to go to watch their team no matter what, okay. But Abuel made a lot of new fans the last 15 years when 10 15 years, uh, but they they're not like Omonia fans or even Isle fans that are going to go there because they love their team. And uh, Omonia was first selling tickets when we were fifth and sixth and fourth. And Abuel had like back-to-back-to-back-to-back to back to back to back, uh, championships and they went to Champions League and, and we, we, we ranked fifth and we had more tickets than Abuel. So uh, I, I don't know uh, what it is. A lot of people don't like uh, the Petridis' regime. Some others uh, think that, you know, it's Kartao uh, Badu. Others are, there's many reasons we can talk about it. But generally, I think that the Abuel fans are not uh, the most loyal in the sense that if the team's not doing well, they're like, you know what? Fuck you. You know, I want my team to be first. And unless they're first, I'm not going to come watch you because this is how I punish you. Whereas Omonia, I must tell you. It's, it's, uh, it's different. Uh, it's a different mentality. And uh, they always want more. They're, they're, they're insatiable. They're, they're greedy. 
they always want more and more and more and more. Um, if I can add something to that, <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think the the fan card thing is probably a bit stronger, especially with the quote unquote ultras of, of Abuel. I think uh, I think Abuel and Abolon probably had the biggest uh, number of fans who don't go. NIL. And NIL, yeah, NIL, who don't go because of that reason, and that's a that's its own, you know, topic of discussion, which I, I'm not going to get into. But there's been some suggestions that the scheme might be revised or scrapped or updated. Um, there's a lot of hearsay, so I'm I'm just going to wait and see what happens. But there is a possibility that mid-season or next season we might see a rise in attendances for for these three clubs and probably all clubs as well. But like, um, and also I would say, uh, when Roy was saying about Ammonia probably having higher attendances, I would say uh, to their, uh, what's the word? Like, uh, to their credit, our North Fussies also have quite high average attendances as well. But there's an emotional aspect with our North Fussies, um, you know, refugee club, and there's that, that aspect as well. So they have uh, quite, a, quite a loyal fan base uh, as well, I would say. Yep. Splendid. All right. We mentioned Anorthosi, the goddess, as we like to call them. Um, they suffered a 2-0 loss at Voxa, down to 10 men. And I'll tell you what, <laughs> Kiri, I, I've, um, in the past, I've called Anorthosi a rugby team because they're so physical. But there was nothing rugby about them the other day because they lacked discipline. They were like Headless chickens, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's, that's just how they were. They were all over the place. Delatic was sent off. Vada was chasing shadows. He didn't have a, the best of, uh, of debuts. But uh, Sadiq, another two goals for this guy. He's a, an utter machine, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's funny because I think I jinxed Delatic uh, completely. Because <laughs> I, when I, was, I was talking to the guys from the from the Belgian football podcast <laughs> and I did mention him as because I because he was a, a promising player um, at Ike, uh, Athens and on, on he comes and gets a, a second yellow with his team, a player up uh, very. I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking when he jumped with the with the elbow so high. Um, definite. Definitely. Frustration. It's got to be frustration. That's the that's the only. He was he wasn't getting a kick really? To be fair, was he? Yeah. No. I think for sure. Uh, and also the yeah, like we said before, the Tanzani red card for Doxa that was the very similar to Hambos, mm. um, like a 50-50, I don't know, rush of blood to the head, studs up on the shin, uh, uh, straight red. Uh, very good decision. Um, but yeah, like we said before, with uh, with a lot of ball watching as well. Like they 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 sit deep uh, when the opponent is attacking, but they just watch them pass the ball around them. It, it was very very weird, but especially as well with the uh, midfield not giving any real protection. Like you're supposed to press the man in possession so that the defensive line can mm. can you know mop up behind you. But you know the Atimadas penalty, which was again uh, correctly given. I mean, it, it was so easy. They just like walked through them and he just like uh, just held them back. Um, but yeah, Sadiq, really good goal for the, for the first one. Uh, good cross field pass across the goal mouth. But like, again, I think I mentioned this during the first round. I don't understand these teams. They sit deep, so narrow. 
no defensive width, completely neglecting the the, the second post, the far post. Um, all again, like I said before, all it takes is a bit of off the ball movement, and it, it's a tap in. But I'm, I'm not taking anything away from from Sadiq. Um, really good finisher, really good awareness, uh, really good movement. But yeah, they were just watching him. What is it about Ketspire's teams? I'm asking you both this question because they, he loves them to like really get stuck in. And, you know, he signed an utter nutcase in, in Vada, who, as good as he is, Christ, he, he's, a, as Roy said, he's a ticking time bomb. You said it on the last show. And, um, you know, he didn't have the best of games. Um, but it seems to be like a trait of, of Ketspire's. He wants these bastards in the team. I don't get it. It completely disjoints everything i i took prior to Vada come in and i actually took unorthodoxy serious as a top four team but now he's here i as, as as good as he is i just see a liability there i really do i don't know what you guys think uh okay uh um i'll quickly say that unorthodoxy have had a jekyll and hyde start to the season for me because mm. in europe they they played well like the the their wins were deserved wins um, they showed grit, they showed initiative, they created chances, but the, the league displays, my God, like huge difference, huge. But in terms of like getting bastards in, yeah, I mean, that's one aspect, but also, okay, you want a bastard on the pitch, you know, uh, hard tackling or I guess aggressive, determined player, but Vada is an off the pitch issue. So for Getspai, I think, in that particular but that's even case, worse, isn't it? Surely. It's for sure worse, but but it's it's the, the gamble is you're getting a player who would never come to Cyprus at this age. So it's a huge uh, lottery ticket, I guess. But I'm surprised he keeps trying it, though. It doesn't always, I mean, I would say it doesn't always work, but it rarely does. I mean, the, the odds are against you in terms of how much this is going to work because it's that... Um, that meme from uh, uh, I can't remember the the, the show, um, but it's like oh, it, it it didn't work for those guys, but it might work for us. It's that delusion <laughs> where, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a gamble. It's a, it's definitely a gamble, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's if it's an indication of poor scouting because how can you always go for the you know for the Greek Greek leagues discarded players you know it does work sometimes like Abolan last year got a really good player from Balk um it, it worked it was you know he played well but you know, yeah yeah but it was you know it's one every 10 you know yeah, true true right very quickly on on our there mate can you can you see them doing anything this season obviously they won the cup last season um, quite a, a stout victory against an Olympiagos team, which I believe deserved to win the, the, the cup, in all fairness. But yeah, what, what is it about uh, Ketspire and these players? Because when the three Georgians left, I thought, hang on, they've got a bit of a, a cohesive, happy camp. And now it just seems that, you know, bad habits are back again. Okay, I think that... Um... Anorthos is uh, signing Wada, and uh, I think they signed, after after they went through in uh, Europe they signed two two players it was Wada and uh, I don't remember who the other one was so they've added quantity Popovic was it Popovic yeah, maybe I'm not I'm not I'm not sure but 
Um, you know, we always say that uh, Omonia, AL, because they kept the backbone and uh, uh, core players and the same manager with Gerkes and Berg, uh, they're very similar teams. Uh, but, you know, we... Anorthosis with Getspaya is his third season uh, starting as a manager. But every year they seem to be different. You don't know what to expect from them. Like uh, from AL, we said, you know, we expect, we, we sort of can tell how they're going to be playing. Omonia, similarly. Anorthosis, you don't know. Okay, they've added Christodoulopoulos uh, is a good player. Um, they've added that um, the striker um, Paul Lafferty yeah, Paul Lafferty they've got Wada they've got Deledic who is good they've got some experienced Cypriot players who can give depth and they understand uh, and they play a role in the dressing room as well but let's uh, also not forget that Getspaya is also a ticking bomb <laughs> all the time so Having Wada there, I'm going to uh, disagree that it's just off the pitch Wada. Or, or, uh, when he's playing sometimes, like in Greece, he used to like talk to the fans, the opponent's fans. Like, like they, they would swear at him and he would like answer back or whatever. Like, Don't do that, man. Or in training, he'd get angry and he'd like kick the balls or, and stuff like that. So, um, <coughs> sorry, I don't know. Um, if, like Kiri said, it's going to work for them or it's not going to work. What I do know is a really good player, but um, I don't know how how much uh, of a liability he can be in the team that wants to win the title. Because you remember when we had um, Clayton on the on the no trough test mm-hmm. and he's you know, when I was in Larissa, no, no one really cared what I did. They just said, you know, as long as you're playing well, don't care. So much, yeah. You can, yeah. yeah, you can go out, you can drink, you can come late in training. It doesn't matter. But then when he went to Panathinaiko, they told him, listen, man, this is not Larissa. This is not whatever. You're here. We're a professional team. We want to go for the title. And you can't, you can't continue doing stuff like that, you know? Mm. But, you know, Wada played for Bauk. So I don't know if Gaspaya is the guy that's going to be able to, uh, you know, discipline him and, uh, you know, be Tame him. <laughs> yeah, or whatever. <laughs> but um, I think Anorthosis... Um, I don't know. Anorthosis always has this same pattern of doing well till January and then they sort of mess things up or... I don't. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. But I think they they do have quite a decent squad uh, to to fight till. I don't know if it's the end or towards the end or I don't know. But they're going to be there. I don't see them being behind like twenty or twenty five points. I mean, they're going to be close. Okay. Yeah. Well, girls just don't give Amevadi your number. That's what I'm saying. Right. Um, <laughs> Let's let's quickly talk about Ayak against Omonia and Nicosia. We covered that game at great length yesterday, uh, Roy, on the No Trophies pod. Huh? Yeah, you said the game against Ayak uh, Ayak Omonia in Nicosia. Huh? What did I say? You said in the game in Nicosia. Maybe you went 
went Omonia Nicosia. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I fucked that one up, didn't I? <laughs> See, that's how much that game fucked me up. Um, Lanaka against Omonia in, in Lanaka with uh, 500 fans, apparently. I'm joking. Um, so yeah, Ike beat uh, Omonia 2-1. It was the return of Matt, or return of the Matt, should I say. Uh, as I said, you know, Roy and I covered this game at great length on the No Chofters podcast yesterday. Uh, Kira, I'm going to give you the floor for this one because I think I'm burnt out from talking about <laughs> Omonia's defensive display, the central defenders, Adam Lang's... Uh, inability to head the ball. I could go on all day. I'm not going to do it again. My friend, it's all yours. Roy, you can chime in as much as you want, so I'm just going to kick back and just listen. And um, Yeah, I mean, like you guys said, you've covered this at length, so uh, I'm not going to talk too much. I mean, I have just very few notes that, well, the, the main thing, uh, the way Ike started the game, first 25 minutes, it was all Ike. Um, created tons of chances, uh, before I think the, the first good chance for Ammonia was a, I think a free kick on um, 28th minute. I think Shepard had a header that went wide before that. Oh yeah. And, and yeah. then Zahariu had a shot that hit like the licked the bar, uh, licked the, the, the post. Uh, well, the so, one that made the goalkeeper work was was Yordi's free kick. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, but yeah, I I mean the way I got playing, you'd expect Anorthosi to be playing. As in, start high up the pitch, aggressive, um, the mid players forward, try you know try 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 to score. But there, um, I could struck a, a fairly good balance between taking shots, but also not taking them from absolutely anywhere. They, they were waiting to to be in in fairly okay uh, positions on the pitch. Um, that being said, I mean, I found it interesting that uh, Johnny's of all people had a header, like a, a, ch- a chance from a from a header in the second half. Um, obviously, the the Matt Derbyshire goal where he didn't celebrate, it was almost like an autumn, like a reflex. Like it wasn't even a second of I'm going to celebrate. Oh, no, I shouldn't. It was like immediate, um, very respectful. Um, yeah, it was, um, I, I found the, the defending the, Odd, I, I would say. I don't know. There was an element of uh, defenders in general kind of like following the line of play with the ball. So when the ball is cut back, they're kind of like caught out of possession, uh, out of position, sorry, because they were, they were, um, the ball was crossed from the byline almost. Um, and then Derbyshire was basically alone. And then the defender had to retreat back towards him, but by then it was too late. He was completely unbothered when the when the cross found him. Um, that was the thing, yeah. Well, it was Matt's movement, as I, as I pointed out yesterday, it was Matt's movement that did it because he's made the run into the six-yard box and then he's stopped. Not, he's seen that Hubichan's gone dire- that, that direction. And as the ball's about to cross, he takes three steps back and he's got a five-yard gap between him, him and Hubichan. It was an easy header. Um, but I, I was I was I was more concerned with okay not with Huberchan's defending for that one yeah that that was shit but it was Lang as well who was facing the the byline when the ball was crossed I'm thinking what are you doing with your body shape but again watch the No Chofters podcast because I I did a video analysis of this one and I tore them to bits um, but yeah anyway I'm I'm I've I've done I've said my bit Roy do you want to add anything? 
never mind. I mean, I mean, okay. Yeah. Let's talk about Ike. Let's not talk about Omone. There's no point. There's no point. I think Ike deserve a lot of praise. I think Sim Tandy was fantastic. I think the central defenders were absolutely brilliant in the in the midfield. They they bullied us effectively. I like the I like the left wing and the left back as well. Uh, uh, the, the Hungarian guy. He got subbed in the 65th minute. He was really good. He caused a lot of trouble to Shell in the first half. He kept the ball. I don't remember his Gu- name. Gusko, Gusko. Yeah, I really like that guy. Okay, we know Triskovsky, we know Matt, uh, you know, so uh, they, they played really well. They they showed that they worked more. They they pressed uh, with the six men, like Kiwi said, and like we said yesterday on the on the pod, because they, they knew that uh, the defenders of Omonia don't feel very comfortable with the ball on their feet, and uh, they wanted to put that pressure because they knew uh, they weren't in a hurry or in a rush. They were moving the ball around. They, they had possession. They were more passionate. They got uh, four players being booked exactly. And I think Omonia made the first foul in the 18th minute. There was a point where I did like six or seven fouls and Omonia didn't even try to foul. That shows that, you mm. know, uh, you didn't really want it as much as they wanted to. Uh, they, they, they did quite well. If, if, if you bear in mind that they're a team that signed 19 players and uh, at the beginning, the first game, the opening game, uh, they drew 1-1 with Doxa, which Doxa was with nine men as well, I think. Uh, so no one really expected that, you know, they'd be so good just a few weeks later. They were really good. Even though the second half, I think that uh, had we not given the penalty away and if Johnny's equalized, it would have been a different game. But, you know, it's never if, uh, but it's always if, but and maybes and history is not written uh, in this way. And uh, they deserve to win. They deserve to win. Uh, we said it yesterday as well. They seem like a serious squad and they still have players that haven't been introduced like Thiago. They've got this other Venezuelan guy as well who's the number one signing. This season, Romo came in as a sub who was a really yeah. good showing from Garnier di Salastia. And uh, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think uh, Ajax is also going to be a, a very solid uh, team. They're going to go back to being the sympathetic uh, I don't know if it's the right sympathetic Omada. For the romantics, right? Like everyone's second favourite team kind Mm. of thing. Sort of, yeah. Mm. Um, Can I just uh, very quickly say, I found it really interesting that um, Ayak are basically playing uh, centre-forward at number 10 in in Matt Derbyshire, which basically becomes a 4-4-2, which usually doesn't... uh, work well against a three-man midfield. Um, Omonia, most often than not, 4-2-3-1. Um, okay, with some fluidity, obviously. It's not. It's, it's difficult to pin these things down on paper exactly as they are. But um, yeah, I, I, was, I was not expecting, you know, Roy said before that Ike did really well in midfield, it, which is it's weird with um, two traditional midfielders to go against three... Uh, in Omonia's um, system, Even, although Omonia also was like a, like a, like I don't, I don't know, like we're a four, four, one, one, four, four, yeah. one. Yeah. We, had, 
we were missing Kusu, we were missing Mix, so it was Pashiru and 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 Jordi. So they they they're, they're more uh, they're more gentle. They're not as hard. Without that physicality in the middle of the park. Yeah, they're given yeah, go they players. Like, they love yeah. their ball. Their ball players more than anything. But you know, it's still early days. And as Omoni fans, we're obviously not happy about the, about the performance, especially um, first half. Because second half, you know, the, the goal that that um, uh, Foddy scored was absolutely brilliant. Very incisive play. Um, and that we want to see more of that. And I think that's something that we as Omoni fans, or should I say we as a, the club, need to do more because teams will be defending with a low block against us. And it's down to us to, to break them down. And if we don't break the lines that a player's moving into space, then we're going to be in trouble. You know, we spoke to Michael Lufner yesterday, Roy and I, um, on the phone. And he was saying, you know, teams are going to be defending more stoutly against Omonia. And you need to you can't hold on to the ball for too long because if you do that, then teams are going to track back and they get men behind the ball and then you're starting from scratch. You have to recycle, start from... It's, it's, it's tedious and monotonous. But anyway, let's, let's push, sweep that one under the carpet for now. One final game, which I don't really know there's too much to discuss with this one because I didn't see too much about it, was new to promo, newly promoted Bayek beating Ethnigos 3-1 away. And um, unsurprisingly... More goalkeeping mistakes uh, from Bokadinov, Kiri. Yeah, I, I've I've uh, spoken my, my mind uh, my mind there. I'm I'm not a fan. I'm just straight straight up not a fan of of this guy. I mean, it's nothing personal, but I find it very odd that uh, Ethnikos have not replaced him uh, two seasons ago or a season ago. I mean, I know there's like the odd heroic display and. He's had some good times with them, and I, I completely appreciate that. But um, I think it, I think it's definitely an. I mean, for a club that wants to survive, I mean, that's the main goal, right? Year after year. So um, yeah, not 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 impressed. Well, there's still time for them to find someone, isn't there? I think they got to the end of the month to bring in a player on loan. Is that right? They can bring in loans. So you know, there's there's a few goalkeepers out there that are probably going to be sitting on the bench at this moment in time. There's, there's one out on Monia who signed from Upwell. Um, who I, I questioned was Oho's signing, but I guess, you know, um, sell on value, money, ball, that kind of stuff. He could be uh, a player to join ethnic goals. You never know. And, uh, you know, they've got players like Flori, Talmes, that can score goals. Elias can score goals. I, I, I like ethnic goals, especially last year. I think last season, I don't know what happened to them. They started the season pretty okay, in all fairness. They looked very menacing, threatening, but then they fell off and almost got relegated. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah, um, yeah, they're an outside. I mean, uh, like I said, like those first 20 minutes against Abolon, so audacious. Uh, obviously, that Ilya penalty we discussed about, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know. They'll need to balance that out with some solidity at the back um, if they, if they want to stay up this season. But yeah, I mean, like I said about all teams, and I, I know it sounds like a cop out at this point, but. Everyone is still gelling. Every, everyone is still kind of like um, gaining fitness. Yeah. Even though I've heard about, uh, again, off the record, I guess, kind of thing. I'm not going to mention the, the club, but one uh, club has already given their players two days off. Uh, we're in the second second official game of the, of the season. After an international break, getting two days off, uh, after after the second round, I'm just finding it all very strange. But uh, that's all I'll say uh, up to this point. 
Well, a, a certain manager in England went on holiday for a few days, didn't he? While his 19 of his players were training. So <laughs> <laughs> and he got absolutely battered for that. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Listen, this is Cyprus, my friend. I think that's the saying that we're going to be hearing a lot more on, on this podcast. But gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. It's been an absolutely brilliant show again. Um, Kiri, I don't know if you want to promote anything, any any social media, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Um, yeah, just my, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nicolao Kiri. It's a complicated name, but uh, if you search for these guys, you'll find me somewhere in there. There you go. And Roy? Yeah, I'm at uh, Roy Melchofters on my Instagram account. And uh, then you can follow my boy still, Chase Still on Instagram. Thank you very much. And that's it for another episode of This Is Mappa. If you like this show, please hit that like button. It does help the, the show, it does help the channel. Hit that subscribe button and we'll be back next time, which will be, I think, next week. Because, yeah, there's more games. Bomba.